Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. I think it's fair to say we thought at half-time, Robin Musto, <laughs> that Spurs would be better in the second half, and they really were. It's just amazing. This game is just never ceases to amaze you. Given what they've been on a run, they've been on seven wins in the last nine. They've gone, it's a full week of preparation, no new injuries. Speaking face-to-face with Antonio Conte last weekend, Rebecca, I asked him, what's the most impressive thing about Spurs' recent form is, is, our, is our strength and our mentality. All of that today was lacking. No drive, no energy. We thought that the second half was going to improve. We sat here saying, well, you know, this is how it goes. It's part of the plan. He'll find ways. We didn't find a way. Mm. Brighton was superb on the ball. We get, they gave nothing away. They were never vulnerable on a counter-attack. This is what Spurs uh, thrive on. And the front three players at Spurs that we've talked so much about didn't really get involved, but... I don't know, just a, just a shocking result for Tottenham. It is so strange, this game of football, because yeah. they were, and we were there at Villa Park, they were irresistible, especially that fun three they w- last week. They were, and, and it wasn't just great football and great goals, Rebecca. They had to go through some physicality and some tough times to come out the other side. And Conte's talked all week about the mentality of his team. Well, today was a return to a little bit of old Spurs, where it just didn't quite happen for them. They didn't get the goals of it. Two, uh, nine goals in, in the last two games. The spark wasn't there today. It didn't really look like they were going to get the goal. And before the match, as a matchup, we were talking, you almost feel Brighton a perfect well, team for Spurs to play. They'll have some possession. They're not really great going, going forward, scoring goals. And then Spurs will break. But it never happened. And this race for fourth, Rebecca, it's almost like, you look at the three teams, look at Arsenal, look at Spurs, and look at Manchester United, and it's almost like, None of them really deserve it because none of them have shown the consistency that's required to play in Champions League football. If you're in the away dressing room at St Mary's right now, Arsenal players, and that result comes in, I mean, it's, an, it's, it's a, it's be, a given it? boost. It's yeah. got to be a boost for them. But who knows? You know, who knows? In, you know, in part of my notes going into the Arsenal game is, can they go again? Like, can they regroup? Have some bad results, back-to-back losses. Can they go again? Well, that's a, a great reason to go again now with that result from, from Spurs and... Uh, yeah, they become favourites now, given, what's it, three points behind the two games yep. in hand. So, yep. yeah, amazing. It has swung again. <laughs> what a day in the race for the top four. I'm Rebecca Lowe, the two Robbies alongside me. Robbie Earl, Robbie Musto. Robbie Musto was watching Arsenal. Robbie Earl was watching United. Yeah. Let's start with Cristiano oh. Ronaldo's mm. 50th club <laughs> Hat-trick. I'm going to say it about ten more times. Fifty hat-tricks. It's insane. I mean, he's a freak, Rebecca. He's a freak of football. And 21 goals in all competitions. Absolutely the main threat uh, of what this football club. He's a get-out-of-jail card for Manchester United. Because without him today, draw at best could have easily been been a defeat. And there's talk about whether Ten Hag wants him. And people sometimes saying he's a problem, Rebecca. When you've got a gift like Cristiano Ronaldo... Don't throw it away. So if you're Ten Hag, you'd keep him? Absolutely. You just can't give that amount of goals away to somebody else and say, I'll find them somewhere else. Ask Chelsea. Ask Arsenal about a 20-goal scorer at the top of the pitch. Mm. Both of them would love one. We'll talk Arsenal in a minute. If you're Ten Hag coming in, do you keep Ronaldo? I do. I do. I, I understand the argument that you want a clean slate, you want to build a younger side. I get all that argument, but you can't. You just can't get, you just can't get, lose those goals and that kind of mentality, that personality. Now, of course, he's got to be very um, closely uh, monitored and man management's got to be very uh, strong with Eric Ten Hag, but I I think you've got to keep him, yeah. Arsenal, 
Three straight defeats, Brighton, Palace and Southampton. Arguably, none of those teams they've lost to had anything to play for. What's going on? Well, Southampton seemed to have a ton to play for today. I mean, last Saturday, was it five or six? Six, six. Nil at home, same place, same team. Well, there's a few changes, but totally different in terms of their approach. They get ahead in the game with Bednarek and then they defend very, very, very well. Arteta made all the attacking subs, brought off the fullbacks, put on extra wingers and attacking players. They just couldn't find a way through. A very deep defensive line from Southampton and a goalkeeper in Fraser Forster that was brilliant on the day, made so many saves. And uh, yeah, it's kind it was of. a young Arsenal team, Rob. Did they lose? Was, was that experience not there? Was it one uh, of those kind of days? More than age, striker. I mean, we know we just lack that striker. Lacazette not playing, and Ketia kind of in and out a little bit. That's where they lack the punch in the mm. final, not even in the final third, the final 18 yards. Nobody really to take control and score. Who's the favourite in the top four race now? Spurs, for me. Spurs still. Still? Still, still? Spurs, just. Despite losing yeah. today at home okay. to Brighton. Cristiano Ronaldo on song today, winning the game single-handedly against Norwich City. 3-2 was the final score at Old Trafford to put United right back in that top four race. Let's hear from their goalkeeper. Not too busy today, David De Gea. David, you got there in the end with that 3-2 win, but in terms of Cristiano Ronaldo, was that him at his best today? Well, sometimes uh, people just count goals, but uh, I think he's playing very well. He scored three important goals for us again, so we know we are not playing very well at the moment, but the most important thing is the, the three points. Yeah, you say you're not playing well, obviously conceding goals. Do you think that's due to the fact that you're missing those holding midfielders and there's perhaps players playing out of position? I don't know why, but it's true that we are conceding a lot, a lot of chances. I think Norwich play a great game. Uh, but I think it's, it's more more us. We are not playing well. We are not. Uh, we should control more the game, especially against, against Norwich at home. But they play well, they score two, two good goals and, and they had even more chances. But at the end, three goals for, from Cristiano and, and the three points. Yeah, you may not be playing well, but the character looks like it's still there within the squad to be pegged back to 2-2 and then still go on and get all three points in what was a very, very crucial win. Of course, massive for us. Uh, we still have a, a chance to be in the top four, so we need to fight for it. Uh, like you say, I think Old Trafford was incredible once again uh, with the 2-2. They were fighting, they were with us, so that's, that's what we, are, we have to do. Fight until the end and, and try to score. That save that you made at 2-2 down low to your right was, was unbelievable and that kind of gave the lads a little bit to go on and, and, and win it. Just talk us through that save and, and what was going through your mind. Yeah, it was a tough one. Tough one. Uh, as soon as he made the, the shot, I was, mm, maybe I not get it, but I touched at the end and it was a, a great save to keep the 2-2 the and then, like we say, great goal from Cristiano. Uh, we are all happy, but we know we have to, to improve a lot. Yeah, and the table now looking uh, significantly better for you guys with both Arsenal and, and Tottenham winning. Can you clinch this fourth place in Champions League spot? We will fight for it. Let's see what, what happens, but now we're still uh, the chance is there to get it, to, to fight for it, and for sure until until the last second we, we will fight for, for it or four. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there's no doubt about it. United have today done themselves a massive favour and all of a sudden they're very much back in it. One moment that, Robbie, I know you picked out from yeah. that game because it was a bit topsy-turvy. United fans weren't happy the whole way through. No. They let that 2-0 lead slip to 2-2. Mm. was when Paul Pogba got substituted. Yeah. What happened? Well, he got cheered when his number came up. And then cheered as in cheered cheering as the in substitution. Cheering the substitution. And then got booed as Pogba walked off. And we've seen Ronaldo there, who quite rightly has got all the accolades. But got the sense that things are turning a little bit south, Paul Pogba, that the United fans have decided, listen, you've maybe a great world-class player, but if you're not putting in the effort in for us, you're no good to us. Isn't it interesting, Rob, just like, sorry to interrupt, mm. but, but the difference in terms of attitude and mentality and drive yeah. to Ronaldo. Exactly. And to Pogba, you know, both super talented, but one's got a crazy desire to... Well. And from their reaction, from the fans' reaction, you just get the sense that this they are the fans are now fully ready for a big summer overhaul. Needs it. You know, it needs it. I mean, the Ronaldo thing will be something that will be questioned, mm. I'm sure, but it absolutely needs an overhaul. Um, new players coming in. I, I mean, it's a very, very big job. I just hope that Eric Ten Hag gets given the trust of his higher-ups to pick some of the players because the recruitment of the club hasn't been great the last few years. When one matter, as great as he's been, is coming on the forward pitch and relying on him today, Rebecca, that kind of tells you the state of the football club. Yeah. Revolution, I think, mm. needed at Old Trafford under Eric Ten Hag, who's on his way in. 
And it was incredible to see St. James's Park like that. We were there last Friday. Same thing when they beat mm. Wolves. Mm. Bruno Guimaraes again. And, Robbie, when you see, A, his performances, amazing, by the way, three goals and 71 for Leon Guimaraes, arrives three goals and 11 for Newcastle. He is the new hero on Tyneside. Yeah. But also, if you look at the way the team celebrated together there, my goodness, it feels like a different team. Yeah, and it feels like something's building and I think St. James is part of that's why it's great to stay at a few extra seconds and look at the scenes around St. James we're lucky to be there last weekend that's five wins at home now the last five home Premier League games they've won that a period of time when they're away because of rearranged games etc so it's great way where you consider where they were a few months ago and where they are right now Bruno Gamarish at 53 million dollars from Lyon I mean it, he looks so it just looks a player from, from the first time you see him we saw him of course last uh, Friday first up and and, and Technically very, very good. Diving header, St. James's Park. Yeah, it kind of feels good again to be there. And Robbie Earl, mm. Bruno Guimaraes, yeah. as Musty says, $53 million. That's yeah. a lot of money. But perhaps he is the key, though, to mm. attracting other players of his calibre. You needed somebody. Somebody Correct. needed to take the to step the to say, I yeah. trust in this project. Mm. Looks like he's going to be the man. He's a standard bearer, Rebecca. He's going to set the tone for the football club. And I've got to tell you, there is no better place to be a hero than at Newcastle, in front of the tomb, ask the Alan Shearers, ask the David Ginnellers and people of that quality. They love their footballers up here. And the thing that stood out to me when we were, we were pitch side and watched this guy play with Becker is obviously he's got good technique and, and, and great skill, but his pass selection, so choosing the right that pass, and his decision-making are outstanding, are things that set players apart. And he will be, as I say, the standard bearer for the level and quality of player that Eddie Howe is going to want to bring into this team moving forward. Newcastle United and that little boy has just had the best Easter day ever getting Bruno Gimerich's shirt. Look at these scenes. It's what it's all about, isn't it? <laughs> Newcastle hadn't beaten Leicester at home since 2014. But Joe Willock off the bench, creating Newcastle's winner for Bruno Guimaraes to head home. We're going to hear from the manager, Eddie Howe. But first, the new main man on Tyneside. Here he is. Bruno, many congratulations. Another great result for Newcastle. An unforgettable afternoon for you. Yes, what a feeling. <laughs> what a game. The group deserved it. Did it. Was incredible today. Scored my first goal and two goals today was brilliant. Uh, I don't have words. It was always my dreams to play in Premier League. Uh, Newcastle. It's all the things for me. I'm so happy for today and was was incredible. I want to be a lensed here. The second goal, the header, the winner. I mean, how special was that? Where does that rate amongst all the goals you've scored so far? <laughs> was my, my first goal in the head. <laughs> Never? Yeah, yeah, really. Was brilliant. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you, thank you. What a feeling. I don't, I don't remember very well, but when I saw the ball, I, I, don't, I don't think two times. Uh, thank you, Joe Willicks. He, he made an excellent cross from Joe, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yes, was brilliant. So the, win, the, the one was for, for the group. We are so happy for today, so tired too, because uh, Leicester have had a, a good team. Let's talk about the first goal as well, because that was a little more unusual, wasn't it? When the ball went in, did you think the goal would be disallowed, or did you think the referee wouldn't, at the end of the day, it would be allowed? No, for me it's okay, because I, I saw the ball in the, in the, in the pit, you know, a, the goalkeeper don't stay with the ball in the, in the hand. So when I feel I just put the ball, for me it's normally go. So you celebrated in the first place, yeah, yeah. and then you had to wait, and then you celebrated again. Yeah, because <laughs> it was important. Uh, we made we made in the <clears throat> one goal first. Uh, we we knew the these these corner. We worked this, but we took on goal but it was for me really important to score my first goal in Sunday Park how much you enjoy playing here in front of these fans this is just your second start yeah i enjoy a lot i enjoy a lot uh, here now it's my home i went to play 100 mil ti 100 times here <laughs> i'm not surprised especially with a performance like that what's the job that the manager eddie howe is asking of you and how do you feel you're handling what is a new experience for you yeah he's very smart uh, the group likes a lot him he's very important uh, he deserves this it because he's very smart he worked a lot with us so for he deserves it 
A memorable day for you. Unfortunately, you don't appear to have your shirt as a memento for it. You gave it to someone else? Uh, I don't understand, sorry. It's in the, the shirt. You threw the shirt ah. into the crowd. <laughs> and we've seen a little boy receive a very nice Easter present. A little boy, yeah. a little Newcastle fan has taken it away. Yeah, I, 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 love, I love it a lot, the, the support of the fans. I feel at home here. I'm, I'm so happy for, for to play in Newcastle. Bruno, a special day for you personally. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hey, Eddie, what a result. What a finish. Yeah, it was. It was um, yeah, a great finish for us, I think. If you've written a script of the game, um, we probably weren't as in control as we wanted to be, but I did think we had the best chances of the game, and I thought um, great response to going a goal down, which is always difficult to do in the Premier League. and A great finish and, and two great moments for Bruno, who um, certainly settled in OK, isn't he? Yeah, he became ever more influential by the week. Yeah, well, he's, a, he's an outstanding player, an outstanding talent. Um, he'll only get better um, as he gets accustomed to the Premier League and the rigours of the Premier League. But I have to say his most impressive feature of today, I think, for his performance was the, the out-of-possession grit and determination that he, he added to our midfield. And the fact that he's in the box in the last minute of the game and a counter-attack when he could have easily probably just saved his legs, I think, speaks volumes for him as a player and a person. Is this something now that you've, you've got drilled into the players, this never say I keep going right to the end attitude? Um, I, I think that's something that you have to continue to work on. I don't think it's something you ever, um, you, know, you have the right to say that that, that that is your team. But I think it's so important that you do never give up and you always see the positive in any situation. So it was one all late in the game. Joe Willock shows his energy and legs. And uh, yeah, Bruno's on the end of it and shows his fitness levels. But I thought it was a team we hung in there. Uh, Leicester had a lot of the ball in the second half, but we defended very, very well. I don't think they really opened us up too many times. Uh, so a great credit to the whole team, really. In a long conversation, I think just after 1-0 with Alan and Maximum down on the touchline. Can I ask, what, what was the conversation and did you get a, a change out of your winger? I'm just trying to remember what I did say. Uh, so many things happen in the game, so many moments. Um, I think it would have been a tactical point to Alan um, to try and... At that moment in the game, I think we, were, we weren't in control of... of the game and we wanted to try and establish a little bit more defensive re resilience in the middle of the pitch so it's probably a point on that but Alan played his part today probably um, wasn't his most fluent game but um, certainly played his part in the win Safe now? No, I think um, it's only, we're only safe when we're mathematically safe we're in a much better position than we were that's for sure but there's still games to go That's five in a row at St James's Park now that looks a lot healthier That's a massive thing for us yeah, to play here with confidence to repay the fans' support um, what they've given us again today, incredible. I mean, the, the, the scenes at the end, that will live long in the memory for me, I'm sure for the players, uh, the scenes when Bruno scored, I'm sure for him it will be a moment he never forgets. Well, West Ham United have Thomas Suchek's shoulder to thank for a point at home to Burnley today. The Clarets close the gap on Everton to three points, having played a game more, but they remain in the drop zone. Let's hear from Nick Pope. But first, interim manager Mike Jackson. Mike, this is a new one for you, a crazy game as well in the end. Um, what was your overall reaction to that match? I thought at the end, I thought it was a good point for us. Uh, the first half, I thought we did, we did really well. Obviously, we've got a goal in front and then we've had that penalty miss and I think sometimes that just stays with the group a little bit. In the second half, we rolled our luck a little bit at times, but listen, it's, it's a terrific result. Obviously, we had the incident with Ash as well, which affected the group. So to come back from that little bit of disappointment as well for him because he's, he's the mate and uh, we're, just, we're just hoping he's okay so given what everything that's gone on in this week and what's happened in the game today it's a good point for us in the end It was a horrible moment with Ashley yeah. Westwood what is the update on him? Uh, he's gone to hospital uh, they're having a look at it at this moment in time fingers crossed obviously we know it's, it's, uh, it doesn't look too good but fingers crossed it's, it's not as bad you said about the reaction. It did feel, though, that Burnley managed to get themselves together after that incident quicker than West Ham. Would you say that they were, had lacked con concentration when you scored? Uh, I, I don't really know. I think we were always just... You, you look at West Ham, we're just looking at how they're playing. We're just looking at, at ourselves. I wasn't really focusing on that. I was just more... I was concerned about Ash, and then obviously the game's dead, gone dead for a little bit. I'm just about getting restarted again. You mentioned the penalty miss. Um, was it your decision for Max Corney to take it? Is it a pre-agreed arrangement? <laughs> no, it's it, listen. He, he's took the penalty. He's missed it. It's, we, we move on. We can't go too much into that now. He's took the pen. It's, it's not going in. But again, uh, he's had another chance after that later on. 
these, these, these things happen. It's just for us, it's, it's a good point on the road for us. Can I get a word from you on that save from Nick Pope, the first oh, one, yeah. to deny Antonio? Amazing. Amazing save. When you, when you look at him, I, I just said to the lads in there, that's, that's why he plays for England. He's expected to make those saves. You know, with the standards he keeps, he's made two terrific saves. So, yeah, great save from him. It's clearly been a whirlwind few days at Burnley Football Club. What has the reaction been like from the players? It's been good. It, there's been there's been a togetherness about them. I think they know as well uh, that they can improve and they can get better. And I think this 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 time they've, they've really come together on that. They've, they've been together for a long time. They know each other and they've really rallied around each other and they've been great. And is it likely you'll be in charge until the end of the season? I don't know. Like I said before, listen, it was one game at a time. I'm just delighted that, that we've come through that. We've got a point from it. We could have got more, but we'll take that for now. Finally, the news that Sean Dyche left on Friday, I think it caught all of us by surprise. Did it catch you as players by surprise? I think so. I don't think, you know, you know normally you see rumours about these sorts of things or, you know, there's, there's someone saying something, but, you know, it, it happened and um, I wouldn't say no, anyone, anyone knew that it was, it was going on. So, yeah, it's, it's part of football, you know, and uh, the reaction was something that was, was massive from us. So uh, I'm pleased it was a good one. Curiouser and curiouser. Can't work it out, can we? David Ornstein this morning told us that broadly, the players were broadly supportive of the firing of Sean Dyche on Friday. There was nothing to suggest in their performance today that they were angry or necessarily exuberant that he'd gone either, Robbie. Mm. It's hard. I thought they looked lively to start with in the first 15, 20 minutes. We were looking for that. What kind of energy do they have? There's some kind of new excitement of being a do something different. Freedom. Freedom. I mean, it's pretty much the same team as you'd expect under Sean Dyche. Um, the game was kind of crazy. Could have gone either way with a penalty. They could have won it. They probably could have, certainly could have lost it towards the end with, with Pope saves, etc. So, I don't know. It's a difficult one. It's not a big budget. They don't spend a lot of money. They've been down the bottom of the league table, Rebecca. I get that the dressing room gets frustrated, maybe with the management, the way they're doing things, but he's doing his very best to keep the club mm. in the Premier League. And now with seven games left or whatever it is, they're interviewing managers and like, well, who's going to be next? And Thursday, Southampton at home, Turf Moor. Yeah. Then we'll get some answers. What sort of energy, what's the stadium going to be like with that news? And what's the team going to look like? Anything different? It, I mean, it's still a real mess for me. Well, you mentioned, sorry, Rob, you mm. mentioned that you went onto the local newspaper website yeah. in Burnley. And a lot of the fans on that website were just really unhappy at, and not being able to say goodbye. Yeah, right? both of, of like shock of him going, of like what an amazing job he's done there over a period of time. But like you just said, like not being able to say thank mm. you. Mm. or goodbye or whatever it is. I mean, that is the nature of the sport and the nature of football in the Premier League. I'm sure there'll be a, a point at some time where they can do that and the two can get together in some way. It's still, for me, a, a still a shocking decision and it's just a big gamble and a big panic. And if it works out amazingly well, well done, Alan Pace, like, well done. But it's a big if for me. Yeah, it's about working out. It's about being in this league next season, Rebecca. If they're not, then people are going to question it. I think from a player's point of view, it, it's difficult because... Players have to get on with it, and that could be an important point that they've got today at West Ham. Yes, they would have won T3, um, but we're trying to read body language and if there's any signs and if it looks different than, than when Sean Dyke was there. But you're professional footballers, and regardless of what happens, you have to go out and, and, and do your best. How big a point, Robbie, is that? They're three points now from safety, but they've played a game more than Everton. I mean, yeah. you'd rather be in Everton's camp, wouldn't you? You would now. A few weeks ago, you'd definitely rather be in Burnley's. But as Robbie said, there's a game by Thursday. I would suggest they may have a new manager by then. They have to have a new manager have to. by Thursday, what's, don't what's they? the point? Yeah, I mean, what's the done. point? Yeah, well, I think... I don't know, Michael Jackson's been there today. We saw Ben Mee, we saw others on the side. Will they feel like that's just... Well, they can do was, better it, than was it good he, enough that Mike yeah. Jackson might keep it for mm. another week if no. they can't yeah. find... I mean, if you're going to say, you've got to, you, there's got to be somebody else ready to come in. I mean, after that, they've got Wolves and Watford. It's now. It's the next three games that they can build some momentum, Rebecca, with Southampton, Wolves and Watford. Have you come up with a name this morning? You were still saying, I just want Sean Dykes back. <laughs> well, what about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer? Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, I forgot to mention him. He's been mentioned as well. I mean, that, no, that, no, that, no track record. I mean, really? You're still going Rafa? I'm going Rafa. In Rafa, we trust. And Musty's just not going anywhere. He's just, just so annoyed just by the whole know, situation. Just, yeah. Just bring back Sean. Exactly. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
Hey, Ahmed Farid here with Robbie Earl and Robbie Musto. So, Musty, almost easy. Well, too easy. I mean, it, it, it's... The, the clubs that are in such different kind of worlds right now, I mean, I don't even feel like that frustrated or sometimes we come in here and we're kind of fired up what we've just seen. There's such a mismatch between these two clubs. I mean, it, it was just embarrassing, really. You know, and whether you're a fan of the club, I mean, Man United fans, you know, in England, around Manchester, all around the world, whether your sponsors putting money into this football club, that's not, they deserve more than that. That's just not acceptable. And now, you know, whether this next cycle with a different coach, if enough things change to try and find the path to go in some kind of positive direction, obviously they need that. But there's so, there's so many things wrong with that performance today and the bigger picture with these two clubs when you kind of you stand them side by side. Yeah. I wouldn't even know where to start. The, the biggest thing, the biggest problem for Manchester United as a football club is we have that game today and it shows the contrast in, in these two great clubs, these two huge clubs of English football. One club's got something very special being built by a manager who are going for four trophies. The other club needs addressing in a way like we've never seen before, are going for no trophies and almost can't wait for the season to be over. You look at Jurgen Klopp's team, they beat United 5-0 at Old Trafford, they beat them 4-0 at Anfield and... Didn't really have to play that well. That, that's the biggest indictment I can give of Manchester United. And it was all the big names stepping up for Liverpool in this one. You see Jurgen Klopp mm-hmm. afterwards. I mean, you got Mo Salah, you got Sadio Mane, and you got Luis Diaz, who they signed in, in January. Yeah. I mean, and those players are the ones who are stepping up in these huge games. It's the perfect recipe. It's the perfect recipe. The recruitment, Ahmed, you can go back years. The recruitment under this guy for a period of years now, the longest serving manager in the Premier League now, of course, um, it, it all goes back to the to the setup, to the to the director of football, to the recruitment, to everything. Of course, this guy as well. Everything's been done well, been done right. All the front players involved with goals and assists. I mean, at the start of the second half, by the way, Liverpool were, were sloppy. We had a couple of shots of Jurgen Klopp looking frustrated. It was too easy for Liverpool. And it was a little better for Man United with a four at the back and, and five across midfield. But even so, they still conceded two goals when Liverpool. I mean, did they get out of second or third gear? Not really. Not to take the pressure off Manchester United, but have Liverpool and really City, too. Yeah. Have they raised the bar to such a level that it makes the, all these other teams look even worse? They're setting a standard that nobody else can, can live with. Chelsea are trying to hang in on, and then the rest are some distance away, as we've seen the race for full spot. But, but Manchester United, the size of the club, the quality of the club, the global club that is Manchester United, have got so much work to do to start getting back there because they're absolutely miles away from, from and, Liverpool. And it keeps too. rolling on for Liverpool, you know, back yeah, to Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, with this quadruple, the, the, you know, Van Dijk said himself, it's yeah. kind of a dream. He's kind of getting excited <laughs> sure. about Ten it. Ten more games, It's it? absolutely yeah. on. It's absolutely yeah. on. It's been a special season for Liverpool. It can continue to be an mm. unprecedented season for them. Let's get back to the guys who call the game. It's going to be a party there at Anfield for quite some time. To come, guys, just just what do you think about that effort from Liverpool today and the, the gap between these two clubs? Well, Ahmed and Robbie Musto is absolutely right. The quadruple is on and the smiles on the fans' faces behind the camera and all around Anfield reflect that, don't they? How do you sum up and what is your, what is your view of what we've just witnessed out there, Graham? Well, the first half was absolutely sensational from a Liverpool perspective because as poor as United were... Liverpool were exceptional. The speed at which they moved the ball around, the understanding how quickly they won the ball back in high areas. We know they like to win the ball back in two or three passes and they did that with ease. And just that quality of of finishing Mm. that we saw. The lull in the second half will be a frustration to Jurgen Klopp because he he would have wanted to see a similar performance that first half. But the reality is they're able just to sort of get, turn it back on again. Um, at 2-0 and, and, and cruise to victory. You're almost spoiled as a coach. I think from his point of view, he wants the first half to last the whole 90 minutes. Mm. And he'll step back from that after the game and go, they can't do that all the time. So we saw him throwing his arms around and getting frustrated. And that was probably because of the shape changed from United and it made it a little bit difficult for Liverpool. But overall, the difference, the two Robbies said it in, in the studio, the, the difference between the two the, the two teams if you look at the teams individually but the way that they play the game Man United are way 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 out of sorts we know that but Liverpool are, are so far ahead of them 
it is embarrassing. And, and these two big clubs, giants of the English game, I'd never seen them so far apart. Mm. How, how good Liverpool is and how bad United is right now. Having said that, are City still the favourites? Yes, I would say they are slight favourites. Their running is 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 decent. Liverpool's running is is good as well. I I, I think it could all come down just to that single point <sighs> again. I, I know. I I just think what I saw in the semi-final, Liverpool and the way they're going about it, and how poor City were. I know there's a lot of changes mm. in that semi-final at the weekend. It's shifting, you know, towards Liverpool, and that's that's the bit that Jurgen Klopp will be getting over to his players right now. Two goals from Mo Salah, one from Sadio Mane, one from Luis Diaz. A very happy Jurgen Klopp after Liverpool's 4 nothing win. Well, Jurgen, if not all of it, did you love most of that? I did, indeed. Um, it was, uh, I don't expect us to be for 95 minutes like um, completely in charge of the game. I think we were pretty much for 70 minutes completely in charge of the game and um, 20 minutes we were not... Was not United in charge of it, but it caused us a bit more problems. They they changed obviously in half time the formation. Uh, maybe not one hundred sure already the last few minutes before half time, but then they changed, uh, took Jones off and um, and uh, brought Sancho. So their high press was different. And we, our first situation was passing the balls five six times or in around our six out box and ended up with a corner for them. But of course not necessary. You just see okay. The first half we were really we really in charge of the game and then. You wish, of course, that we immediately pick up there and, and go from there, but it's 15 minutes break and we needed another, advice, I don't know, exactly 10, 15 minutes to be ourselves again and then we controlled the game again, scored wonderful goals and won the game. You predicted before the game that they would play five at the back. Were you able to exploit that in some of your early plays, especially down your right-hand side? Yeah, yeah. You knew it was coming? Oh, that's a problem. I, I understand 100% the reason for it. When you see players available, stuff like this, it makes absolutely sense. The only problem is when you don't usually, when you usually don't play it, then you have a problem. And you play against a team like us, who is pretty flexible offensively, who is pretty direct after winning the ball. I thought our, our counter press today was really second to none. I can't remember, but the game is unbelievable how we won balls back. If you lose a ball against us in these moments, and then with the speed we have, with the um, desire the boys showed tonight, um, that's how we scored the first goal. I and mean, you need somebody who plays the pass. I think I think it was Sadio for Mo. The second one. The first one as well. I think Sadio for Mo, and then, um, if I'm right, and then Mo squares the ball. Luis in front of the goal alone. Great. And the second one was then Sadio for Mo. So um, a really, a really good game and um, wonderful, wonderful goals. And uh, everybody is happy. Everyone is happy at Liverpool right now. They are two points up on City. They've got six games left. City's got seven. Who do you give the edge to? I still <laughs> slightly give the edge to Manchester City, but I tell it, it's a, it's a toss-up. It, it's so tight right now. Goal difference, nine better off Liverpool. Could be important at the end, but I think the team is cruising. Sadio Mane, I think, deserves special mention. Thiago today, you're starting yeah. to see why they brought Thiago in. But Mane, from, in this calendar year, has been superb with the signing of, of Lewis Diaz. Maybe that pushed him along a little and bit. When we talk about managers, most people talk about Radnick and how can he get some more out there. Mm-hmm. This guy's a special guy because... These are great footballers, uh, the, the Salas and the Marnes and the Diazes and that. But that counter-press you talk about, the minute they lose a the ball, he's hungry. The shots of him on the sideline there, he's having a go at players and not letting them off. This guy is going to do everything in his means to, to win this title. And if Manchester City drop off just a, a, a jot, I'm telling you, Liverpool will win it. Just whether there's going to be any prioritising later in the season now with the Champions so League semi final Every next minute else. seems to be the he's most just, important, I think isn't it? shakes up a little bit and he seems mm. to win every single game. Yeah, they're trying to pull off the quadruple oh. here. But they've got basically a fit team at this yeah, point. So fit it, squad, they've got a fit squad. Yeah. Fit, so they've got the depth. They've got uh, some options there moving forward. Another big win for Liverpool here today. And so let's go to the game that we just saw finish up here, Robbie Earl. It was mm. Manchester City. Yeah. Nil-nil after the first 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you guys have talked about this. I mean, they do jump ahead of Liverpool again. But if there yeah. has been a team that has shown more weakness, perhaps, between those two, maybe just slightly, yeah, slightly. it has been City. It has been City. But City's football, the unique possession, the way they play gives them a chance, and their football finds a way, as it did in the end. It wears the opposition down. Now, they're doing it in a very different way from Liverpool, but both of these teams are good enough and in the form enough to go unbeaten from now till the end of the season. That, 
That's how tight this title race could be. If one slip, one draw could be the difference between winning the title and not this season. If they do go undefeated, it is City will be hoisting the title once again. I know, and, it, and it's they're so the both of them are so great. Mm. I mean, you know, no striker, no problem for Man City again. Three midfield players scoring, separate players get the goals. They have to be patient at times as well. So it does make you think of okay, let's t- look at the running. You know, let's let's take a look at the running right now with two teams. You know, if City win every single game of the last six, yeah, they win it by a point. Mm. But here we go, Liverpool right now, Robin. And when you yeah. look down at both sides, I look at Liverpool. And I look, I, I think Everton would normally be a derby match, but the mm. way Everton are, I think that's pretty comfortable for them. I, the Tottenham, Tottenham at home, home that's, could that, be a trouble. That would be the one yeah. where they With might struggle. three of Tottenham, if, if they, you know, click into gear, that and, could be And for Man City, May 15th, West Ham United away, looks to be the mm. hardest fixture for them. So... There's a belief, isn't there, at the moment, there's an energy about Liverpool that... that just get you a little bit caught up in. You wonder if Klopp's going to be able to pull, to produce a bit, bit of magic and pull this off. Yesterday, though, you still said you give the edge mm. to City. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because of the point. Yeah, that's how tight it is. Because they got the one point advantage, and I, and you know, on on the balance of those, maybe Liverpool's is slightly harder that run in. But I think right now, when they both are so close to winning a Premier League title, that's yeah. so incredibly valuable to the history of both of these clubs. City yeah. trying to build the numbers up. You know, Liverpool trying to get to Manchester United's 20, top yeah. flight 20 mm, yeah. title. So you've got to think that both teams will be motivated, will be driven, that won't want to make a mistake. And it wouldn't surprise us if both teams win all of those six games. I mean, if we can go to the last day where they both have to join win to win the title, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get better Phenomenal. Than that. You'd yeah. both be pretty happy. Um, four games today. Real quick on Everton. Huge point. Late goal. Yeah, uh, they yeah. pick up a point there. They're four points clear now of 18th place Burnley. What do you make of that? Well, anything. Scrap. You know, we had a quick eye on the game as well. They struggled against Leicester for large periods. Richarlison, <clears throat> excuse me, has been so good, by the way. Mm. So, so, like, he's kept Everton in it. That's a big point for them. Burnley play tomorrow. Could be crucial at point. Points sometimes mm. keep you in the <clears throat> Premier League. And that yeah. late goal for Michelson, and I saw shots of Michelson. There was times he was frustrated with himself, frustrated with his teammates, but somehow he's come out and got the goal. Puts pressure on Burnley now tomorrow. Burnley are to Southampton. Burnley need to get something from that. And there's been no manager put in place when we thought there would have been at this mm. point. A lot of mistakes today from Chelsea leading to a lot of goals for Arsenal. This one leading to the first career Premier League brace for Eddie Nketiah, who was released by Chelsea's academy back in 2015. Today gets the game winner against them after the match. Comments from Thomas Tuchel. Thomas, obviously not what you were looking for, but what did you make of it? Well, we scored seven. Uh, we scored five goals and lost 4-2. That's easy. By that you mean? Three on goals and two regular goals for us and one for Arsenal. And uh, that makes it 4-2. What do you think was behind that defensive lack of conviction tonight? don't know if it's a defensive lack of conviction if we have ball possession and, and invite uh, these kind of mistakes um, the opponent to score. I cannot, I cannot remember any mistake in our favour of this Caliber, says a word in English, of this, of this, uh, of this quality. We don't get these goals. We give these goals away here in, in consecutive games. We cannot win Premier League matches. Does it show you missed Tony Rudiger tonight? Of course. Having brought yourself back into the game twice, does hmm. that make it even more disappointing? Because you've given yourself a platform to get going again. Of course, we always had a platform today, but uh, second half was nowhere good enough. First half was. Uh, they changed the tactic three times, we changed. It was uh, also, I include myself, uh, not on the highest level, but individually how we concede the goals is, is, uh, is, is dramatic mistakes. There's uh, like individual mistakes are like in the first goal, the third goal and the fourth goal, completely individual mistakes from us. It's, uh, it's very hard if you start with a 3-0 for the opponent. Was it all the more surprising or indeed frustrating because you came into the game on such good form? Yeah. And then we decide to give a goal away for absolutely nothing. And, and we did the same against Real Madrid. And we did the same against, it cost us Champions League. And did the same against Brentford. You wanted to give Romelu Lukaku an opportunity tonight. What did you make of his performance and his contribution? No interest in talking about individual player after team performance like this. But we spoke about him pre-match. And you said you hoped tonight would be the spark. 
match and post-match. I'm not interested in individual uh, discussions after team performance like this. As a coach, what do you do after a performance result like this? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Well, if he doesn't know, <laughs> do we know? Uh, yeah, he's obviously not in a good mood. What do you make no. of his comments? Um, over, the, over the time he's been in English football, we've learned the traits of Thomas Tuchel. And one of the big things he wants to do is control the opposition, even if they have the ball, not to have too many shots on target. That didn't happen tonight. And then he's got a big problem with his $135 million striker because at the moment he's adding nothing to the team and he doesn't look like he fits into the pattern of play. So... Not a good day for, for Chelsea, certainly not a good day for Thomas Tuchel, who, without one or two players, they, they looked a bit off today. Uh, for a possession team that don't possess very well, that's mm-hmm. a problem. And that's mm-hmm. basically what he's yeah. saying. Like, it's not conviction, or, but, but if individuals make mistakes and bad decisions in terms of passing out or not tracking runners and not clearing the ball, then that's what he's most angry about, you know. And, and I think it suits him not to talk about Lukaku, because Lukaku had a very... Small impact in the game as well. Not that involved, came off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, been a, it's still been a good season for Chelsea. They're going to be in FA Cup final. They've just lost out to Real Madrid over two legs in the Champions League. So, uh, frustrating. But it's just, he's so honest, Thomas Tuchel. It's kind of, mm. it's interesting to, to hear him. And, and when he talks about the tactical side of it, I mean, that's the sort of game, by the way, that you have to watch a couple of times because there's yeah. so many things going on, different systems within the game each manager trying to outwit the other one to gain some kind of advantage. It ended up being a bit of a scrappy game, but Arsenal, they came through and, and well done. Now you say it's still been a good season for them. They are solidly in, in third right now, but it's yeah. funny, the longer the season go, the less and less it kind of feels like a good yeah, season. Yeah, because you know people thought they would be challenging and then we've seen the front two just set a pace that no one else could do. So they should finish third. They're the third best team in the league, but they... they or out the Champions League, they were winners in that. They haven't really challenged for the title. Now, you know, they've got beaten the League Cup. They've got to make sure maybe the FA Cup now that they, they win that and finish third. We, 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 you know, we talk about Romelu Lukaku a lot, right? And, and because it's important. It's a $135 million yeah. signing that was going to make the difference yeah. of finishing third, fourth to first that a lot of people thought was going to happen. That's mm. not happened. I just don't know where Lukaku goes right now. With this manager going forward. Now, I know the ownership's going to get sorted. It looks like it's going to go into May for the ownership yeah. of this club to be sorted. You know, I just don't know where that, that leaves Lukaku leaving, getting somebody else. It's kind of up in the air. Today, you had an academy kid for Arsenal who gets mm. a couple of goals and you've got a $135 million striker at the other end who didn't really look like he brought anything to the party for Chelsea. Yeah, maybe more questions for a team than we would anticipate for a team that's solidly in the top four. I think it's fair to say, Danny and Robbie, that it was universal when Sean Dyche was fired last Friday that this was a bad decision. Mm. Football, I I say it every year, it makes fools of us all. Um, All of a sudden, it's looking all right. Didn't look so bad, did it? Um, I've got to say, Rebecca, what we saw there was something different. We saw something new in, in Burnley, a freedom of movement, attacking players ahead of the ball, 16 shots in the game, which is incredible for, for Burnley team. But we saw some of the old as well. Good structure, good spirit, kept a clean sheet, which is kind of the old uh, Burnley. And there was a time in the game where they went from a 4-4-2, which Sean Dyche has played virtually every game he's ever managed, to a 4-2-3-1. So a little switch on the way that they played, and it looked like the players enjoyed it. So it's all the credit, Mike Jackson's? Um, has to be at this point. Uh, interim manager brought in under-23 coach on Friday um, to have four points from two Premier League games and to be in the position is It's a difficult position, Rebecca. Sean Dyke was universally loved by Burnley fans and football fans in, in general. He's had to come in. He's had to get everybody focused. A bit of flexibility. Looks like he's freed the players up. They don't look like a team who are on, in a relegation fight when they'll see Everton yesterday. Looks a huge difference in terms of confidence. Dwight McNeil was a great example of a player who, and we see him come off here, was outstanding today. And we haven't seen that McNeil for a long time. So, Danny, why were you so confident before this game that they were going to get the win? That's what you said. Um, Because Burnley know what needs to happen. And I, I watched Everton yesterday. How they got a draw yesterday in that game against Leicester City was beyond me. And the difference in between Burnley and Everton is that Burnley know the predicament that they're in. 
I still don't feel that Everton are aware that they're in the, the situation that they're in where they could get relegated to the championship. So you'd rather, even though they're a point behind yeah. Everton, you would rather be in Burnley's camp One, right now? 100%. No, no question. I go back to the Burnley-Everton game. I said, I said before then, whoever loses that game would go down. Then at the weekend, Burnley lost at Norwich. Everton beat a really poor Manchester United. I still stuck by it because if I'm looking about what it takes to stay up in the Premier League, what, what attributes you need, what ingredients you need from a squad of players, from the coaching staff and everything like that. I know that Sean Dyche has gone, but this is a Sean Dyche team and that's not going to change. Yes, with what Robbie said, agree 100%. They have started to play a little bit more football, but these players have know-how. I think at Everton, and, and believe me, trust me, I've been in a scenario before when you're in this predicament at the bottom of the league. It's not about who's got the best players. It's about who embraces the scenario that they're in and get themselves out of it. So for me, I stand by what I say. Even if Burnley, I'm not saying they're going to, but if Burnley were to lose at the weekend, still believe that they're going to be the team that gets out of this. It's just that right now you look at the two teams and Burnley are playing with a confidence that they believe they're going to get out with it. With Everton, Rebecca, it just looks so nervous. It looks like a team that... I'm not quite sure how they're going to get out of this. As, as Danny says, no experience, no real understanding of the situation. And Burnley will be looking at the weekend and saying, we can get out the bottom three here. We can put Everton in the bottom three if they end up losing to, to Liverpool Go and we win. Goodison Park is going to have to be Everton's best player from now until the end of the season because um they're not getting anything away from home. Back with you live on Goal Zone, Nathan Collins with a salmon-like leap to put Burnley 2-0 up in the first half. And that was all they needed. 2-0 against Southampton. They've done themselves a massive favour. Let's hear from the caretaker manager, Mike Jackson. Well, Mike, what a night. Yeah, it was mad. Uh, really, really enjoyed the game. Now it's finished. When you're in it, sometimes you're that enthralled in it and that focused in it. You don't get the chance to enjoy it as much. But uh, no, it's a terrific result, a great effort from the group, everyone involved, all the staff. So uh, we're delighted with the result. And in terms of the aggression and the intensity, I think that's what really stood out from a neutral perspective watching it. I mean, there was no thought of settling at any point for a 1-0, for a 2-0. So aggressive. No, I, I, yeah, I was thinking that towards the end when Popey threw the ball out with about 10 seconds left. But listen, they've just, they've just gone for it. They've, they've, got, they've rallied around each other. They've been really focused. And I think they're trying to prove a few people wrong as well, but the, the way they were tonight was terrific. Let's talk about that first goal in particular. My word, what a hit from Conor Roberts. Not a bad way to get your first goal for your club? No, it's a great strike. I think it's on his left foot as well. He's cut inside. It's, it's, a, it's a great strike, so I've just watched it back then, so all credit to him. And in terms of the changes that you've made in this, in this short time, are you seeing those play out on the picture? And what changes have you been making? We haven't changed a lot. We've, we've tweaked a couple of things. The, the strength of this group, so I've said it all along, this strength of this group is the group. It's the togetherness with them. It, they've been together for a long time. And that's the strength of it. I, I, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm, all I'm doing is I'm, we're preparing a team. We've tweaked a couple of th little things, but the drive and the effort is the identity what's always been here. They've it, just remembered what it's about. And you had that togetherness from the fans tonight as well. Yeah, they were terrific. The, we said before the game about bringing them with us at the start of the game, and they stayed with us. Even there was a little lull in the second half where we were, they were getting a little bit of uh, possession. You could see them go again, and it, and it lifted the team. So uh, all credit to them. They've turned up brilliant tonight, and we're going to need that from now on. But I didn't expect anything less. Four points from your two games in charge. Where do things stand now in terms of going forward for you? Are you any wiser as to when a new manager might come in? No, I'll probably speak to the chairman later and that'll be in terms of does he want us to prepare for the game on Sunday? That's the way we're moving with this now. It's just about now, like I said before, just, in, just enjoy the night, enjoy winning the game and then tomorrow we can start to think about Wolves and, and if we're still here and uh, prepare for that. And in terms of the performance, is it the sort of performance that really gives you belief that Burnley can do this? Yeah, I think it gives the, the group belief. You know, it's, it, I, I believe they can. Sometimes uh, the group needs to perform like that and then they remember what they are. And I think that's what they've done tonight, they've remembered who they are. 
And just very finally, slightly different tack, Ashley Westwood saying that he's had surgery on his ankle, yeah. that it's gone well. That's brilliant. Any time scale in terms of looking ahead? Obviously, we presume it's going to be quite long term. No, I think it is the injury that they're saying about, I think he's already, they've said it could be so many months. But the type of person he is, I think he said he's going to try and beat that. <laughs> so that's the way he is. I'm delighted his operation's gone really well. And I'm hoping that he's watched that tonight and it's got to put a bit of a smile on his face. I can hear the congratulations coming on your yeah. phone, so I'll let you go and read them. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah, when you're under-23s manager, you don't have to do a lot of post-match <laughs> interviews, so you forget you've got to turn your phone off when you go live on television. What do you make of Mike Jackson? Um, seems confident. Seems like he's got the group. Uh, he's caught a focus. Happy to tweak uh, the, the things as he sees. And... I think he believes in himself a better, which is an important trait you've got to have for the job. I get the sense it's his job now till the end of the season. I don't think anybody else comes into this football club based on what I've seen from the last two games. It would now be strange, wouldn't it, to go yeah. four points, two games, and then go and get Big Sam? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it would make any sense. I think, you know, we, we go to this weekend. Obviously, Burnley play first against, against Wolves. If they win that game, then... Everton going to the Merseyside derby in the bottom three. Mm. And I can tell you from my own experience, when you drop below that line... So it's a psychological thing, oh, it's that That is the biggest thing at this point of the season where, like, you've been playing games whether you've been in it for so long like Burnley have and you get out of it, you just feel a huge weight taken off your shoulder, whereas if you sink into it, then it becomes really tough. One thing that's been really surprising back around this whole period is, and I don't know if it's been instructed or, or coordinated in any way, there's no mention of Sean Dyche. There's no mention of what he's done before, of where the team were, of how well they've done. It very much seems like everybody's moved on pretty quickly now. Maybe that's the focus. Maybe that's what Michael Jackson and Alan Pace, the owners, decided, you know, Dyche was here for nine and a half years, we had a slash. But not one mention uh, mm. from many players or, or the staff. No, and yet Mike Jackson talked very much there about their character, their unity. They've been together such mm. a long time and, and everything, the drive that they had. And that is all because of Sean well, Dyche, isn't it? for nine and a half years at this football club. So, again, it, it might be something tactical. It might be just he wants to move forward and not keep looking over his shoulder. But it also senses that one or two players are maybe in a, in a slightly better place themselves than they were in the Dutch regime. So the run-in now, mm. Burnley have the momentum. How important is it in a run-in to be the one with the momentum? Yeah, 100%. And I think if you, if you look at Everton, seven games left, four of them are away. Haven't won away since the 28th of August, which, which was their, I think, second away game of the season. So I look at... Burnley at the moment and their fans are behind them. Everton fans are amazing. They're unbelievable fans, but they're not used to this scenario. And we saw yesterday that for Everton, their home form is what's going to keep them up. But I feel as though they've got a lot of nerves at home amongst the Everton fans. And I think it goes onto the pitch. Whereas at Burnley, mm. it's not like that at all. So who wins this mini duel? Frank Lampard or Mike Jackson? I think Mike Jackson. Today I'm with Mr. Jackson. Wow. It's a question I never thought I'd ask. I have to say, who wins the relegation <laughs> duel between Frank Lampard and Mike Jackson, the under-23s manager at Burnley, who is now in charge of the big boys. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates, as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.